Hey, this is Matt from that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. And this episode, we are continuing Revisit Month, which has gone on to be about a month and a half at this point, with a Demon Slayer by Koyoharu Gotoge, chapters 20 through 44, which brings you uh, about to the end of Spider Mountain. I would like to thank everyone who voted on this uh, at OverMangaCast on Twitter. This was your pick, guys. I mean, enjoy what you've done. <laughs> anyway, to the episode. out here slaying demons breathe real good swing sword very strong yeah he breathed good indeed we breathe very good <laughs> welcome everybody back to the over manga cast thank you for joining us again my name is sam and as always here at the top of the episode we uh cover our familiarity with the series uh this is revisit month which means we have all uh read at least a little bit because we did an episode on it before uh so you should go listen to the previous demon slayer episode so you are all caught up and give us more of that sweet sweet uh, interaction for me the only other thing that has increased my knowledge of demon slayer since the last time we did an episode on it was matt jay and i went to go see the demon slayer movie mugen train it was spectacular so other than that uh, i've not consumed any more of the series i understand that it ended like twice because people complained the first time and that's about it. Jacob, how about you? My familiarity actually hasn't changed. I hadn't actually seen the anime yet when my co-hosts had gone to see the movie. And I didn't want to because I know that the movie is a plot arc in the manga. Like, it's not like one of those anime movies that's filler that. And I'm, I'm a little bit irritated because um, the I was going to actually make a point of watching Demon Slayer after I had finished reading this section, because I know the animation in the anime for this section is the thing that everyone freaked out about. And I was all set to do that. And it wasn't on the uh, streaming service that I thought it was on. So I didn't actually get to watch it. <laughs> Ooh, oh, no. But uh, so, so I'm still I'm still uh, behind on the whole watching it part. Damn, he didn't get to see the legendary episode 19. I, I really wanted to. And I was all set to do that. And then I, I learned that it wasn't on the streaming service I have. So don't worry, I'll come to your house and make it happen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Matt? Yeah, I think I'm same boat as you, uh, Sam. Uh, I have not read any more of the manga, so uh, I am, after watching the movie, up to the end of the Mugen train arc. So, mm -hmm. And Jay? I'm in a similar boat. Um, unfortunately, I do have the bad habit of reading slightly ahead of our assigned reading, but uh, <laughs> didn't read past um, where we read on our first take, but I had watched all the anime, watched Mugen Train, and there's reading for this episode. And this episode, we start off with, uh, we have to finish assembling our main three characters, so we're off to the drum house. We rejoin our good buddy Tanjiro after his last battle, which resulted in him getting kind of hacked up. If I remember correctly, he still has broken ribs and a leg. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Never let it be said that that stops this man from saving anybody, including uh, girls being harassed by weirdos on the street. Oh, crap. He's one of the main characters. <laughs> <laughs> Zenitsu. Uh, he, he, he sure is a character. Oh, he's the best character in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I stated no opinion on how much I d do or don't like Zenitsu. 
I I appreciate Zenitsu, though it I will say right now, at some points I find him irritating, but it is uh shockingly little, actually, for <laughs> the kind of character he is. Yeah. Uh I- I will say the manga has the great benefit in that it just tells you how annoying his voice is. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, legit. I watched a few clips of fights that Zenitsu got in. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I guess I can say props to the voice actors for making this uh, whiny cry boy very uh, whiny and cry. <laughs> Well, there's a uh, one speech bubble for Zenitsu where he's got like spelled out wah, and then in parentheses, it's yeah, his cry is very annoying. Well, <laughs> he is desperately asking a random girl on the on the road to marry him because it's the only way he'll get out of the Demon Slayer core and not die in some battle. And the girl is like, please stop. I don't I, I'm already betrothed to go away. I don't even know if he would get out of Demon Core to once he got married. It was like implied that he wanted to enjoy married life for however yeah. long before his next assignment. I don't know if he mm. would say, oh, I got married. I can't do, you know, Slayer Corp anymore. He specifically wanted to be married before he died, which he assumed would be on any mission he takes. Yeah, it's not super clear if this is his first mission or not, because he's been he's been in the Demon Slayer Core as long as Tanjiro because he was at the... Uh, final selection he was at the final selection considering how often tanjiro is sent on missions like he's one after another we can only assume that uh zenitsu is also getting his little sparrow going like come on yeah (laughs) and i i kind of feel for him because he's consistently as we'll um as we'll explore um falling up (laughs) Uh, (laughs) very much not consensual of like i have a strong sense of being or self it's just because i keep on falling into these situations please make it stop i just wanted to be a normal kid hold on a second jay are you insinuating that for some reason i identify with zenitsu someone who constantly fails forward (laughs) (laughs) not saying anything Uh, projecting aside, <laughs> uh, Tanjiro manages to extract Zenitsu from this uh, from this poor girl's life, and we get the classic. Uh, it, it's the meme face you've all seen. Tanjiro's disgusted look. <laughs> it's intense. Like even in the manga, it's intense disgust. It really is. He's just all over the across the board in <laughs> and Zenitsu even points it out how how like disgusted Tanjiro looks at him. Why are you looking at me like that? Don't <laughs> look at me with that shame in your eyes. <laughs> what you're doing is very shameful and very sad. Like I'm just more sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's basically Tanjiro's <laughs> view on the situation as well. I'm I'm just saying we see what the mortality rate of the demon core is. I'm not sure Zenitsu's in the wrong here. <laughs> no, I don't think he's in the wrong. It's just how he chooses to express is so dynamic. It's just like, are you serious right now? <laughs> it, it, look, I sympathize with the poor boy. Honestly, I really do. Uh, please please stop harassing random girls on the street (laughs) um to clarify my position on zenitsu just because i i didn't uh mention exactly how i felt about him there are points where i think that his gimmick 
is a little bit much like it never it never like breaks the world or anything but it's like he's not my kind of character so to say one of the things that i really like about zenitsu and i think the reason why he works as a character is because there's a kind of self-awareness that he shows when he's like why are you looking at me with such disgust and that's sort of like a joking funny haha sort of self-awareness but there's little moments like this sprinkled all throughout zenitsu's scenes where he has moments of actual genuine self awareness he recognizes that he's being a whiny crybaby and he gets over it long enough to do his job for example those are also my favorite moments you know moments like that happen or moments like like he recognizes the situation he's in with a clarity that isn't him screaming and crying but him like actually accurately assessing the situation he's in it's moments like that that i think really make zenitsu work as a character one thing that i noticed in this section of demon slayer and i think it has a lot to do with the fact that tanjiro and to a lesser extent, Nezuko aren't the only main characters anymore. There's like an ensemble cast now that's like sticking around. In the previous like major battles in the last uh, section that we did, there basically weren't any jokes at all. It was taken very, very seriously. Goofy nonsense never happened. And Zenitsu is an inherently wacky character. Um, another character we'll be meeting soon also falls into this category. And because Demon Slayer has already established its sense of humor is why I think that Zenitsu doesn't like break the immersion. But it's those moments he remembers the series that he's in that really makes him a really solid character. You are right. The most that we ever get of the of these shenanigans is the sketch Tanjiro moments, which ooh, I'm so happy to see those again. They're great. <laughs> Well, we also had a lot of sketch Nezuko last time. So it's like, it's not like it's like, again, it's not actively immersion breaking. It's just, I could see if Zenitsu wasn't as well handled as he was, that my Idiot. immediate reaction would be, get out of this manga, you don't belong here. But like, you know, he's not that. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's necessary given the subject matter that we have yeah. somebody to break it, break it oh. up. So it's not quite as heavy of, you know, children going effectively into war. And oh. that's always a heavy topic. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Demon Slayer, if it didn't have this ensemble cast, could easily be like a setting about like the horror of child soldiers we yeah. come to see. <laughs> yeah. To sort of sum all that up, Zenitsu's not my favorite character, but I do like him. Yeah, he kind of got on my nerves, too. Um, <laughs> um, from what I initially watched, I watched the anime before I watched the manga. But yeah, Zenitsu really, really just irked me in a way that I was just like, oh, we have a more dialed up Moroku character for those who remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. it's like... fine when Moroku does it because he's <laughs> suave and handsome. <laughs> I mean, that's why I said dialed up. I mean, <laughs> Moroku was, you know, lecherous, or at least he portrayed himself as lecherous and was, you know, but he had a he had a suaveness to it. He wasn't quite as shameless, I guess. I mean, he was shameless, but he wasn't this level of shameless. shameless. I was about to say, Moroku's asking for a slightly different thing than Zenitsu, but okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Look, the big thing is that uh, Zenitsu it has the coolest looking EI Jutsu in current manga, and I'm all about that. So, <laughs> well, we'll get there. Yes, we will. Because uh, we arrive at the next mission point, which is the Drum Demon House. This big spoopy mansion where people have been getting kidnapped. We know this because we have two lost children. 
which should in fact be three lost children, but their brother was taken. And brave little souls that they are, they came to try to help, but then they're like, oh, giant scary house, very bad. Um, we heard screaming inside, we're not going in there. When their brother got taken, they ran to get help. Mm -hmm. But yeah. like specifically with the intention of coming back. Thankfully, our two Demon Slayer boys show up to provide some assistance. We learn that the brother's in there. A body gets yeeted out of the house. Uh, it's not their brother, but this man is also very dead. And we learn that uh, Tanjiro isn't the only Demon Slayer here with an extreme sense, uh, because Zenitsu can hear a sound like a banging drum inside the house. Uh, that was one of those moments where it's like, ah, I see. So this is going to be a consistent gimmick for uh, characters. Everybody's going to have some some and sense that shouldn't work that way. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, last episode, in case for some reason you didn't listen to that, we, we definitely dug into the fact that Tanjiro's sense of smell does a lot of things senses of smell shouldn't do. And don't worry, uh, they keep that running through with um, <laughs> yep. hearing and touch. Question, folks, yep. it just does it. Just, just yes. Just yes. Yep, it, ju it just be that way. <laughs> so, so. Uh, How does King Crimson work? We're not getting into that. <laughs> Tan Tanjiro leaves the Nezuko, the Emoto box outside. Uh, he tells the kids, uh, if anything bad happens, this box will protect you. But uh, keep it safe. It means more to me than my life. So sweet. Mm -hmm. I think doesn't, doesn't he mention that because Zenitsu's refusing to go in the house and he's like, OK, well, then protect yeah, the then box. Watch, then watch the box. Yeah. And at this point, no one else knows what's inside the box. So it's just watch this mysterious box. It means more to me than my own life. And then mm -hmm. I think it's Zenitsu who comments, I hear scratching from inside the box. What the hell is inside this box? Yeah, which is what prompts him to run inside the mansion with Tanjiro, who's already inside. He's like, there's weird scratching in the box. What's in there? <laughs> uh, bringing the kids along with him, of course. Well, they they follow him uh, without no them. No one's watching the box. Yeah, uh, the the kids the kids follow Zenitsu because they you know they want to go in and find their brother. Zenitsu will drag along people that he should not be dragging into situations for particularly stupid reasons. It's pretty funny, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, this is not one of those cases. In this case, it's uh, nobody was watching the kids, and they decided to wander into the murder mansion. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those kids aren't really that smart. Not really. <laughs> because they don't even fully understand, like, if the guys that said they would help are fully capable. So it's just like, well, they're going inside. I guess we should follow them, right, guys? Sure. <laughs> Gotta rescue their brother somehow. Yeah, yep. I mean, that's true. The young girl, Teruko, and her brother, uh, Suichi, they are the two scared kids and they hear the banging of the drum and all of a sudden the door they walked in from is gone. They're in an entirely different room. Uh, Zenitsu immediately tries to run out of the house uh, fleeing in terror and it doesn't work because the door leads into a dead end room now. Yeah. What should be the front door. Keeping up the theme of our reading of uh, why isn't Zenitsu with the main cast? He ran away in terror. Mm -hmm. uh <laughs> He does indeed. Uh, Suichi comes along with him, and then there's the banging of the drum again, and then they teleport again. And now our heroes are well and thoroughly, thoroughly separated in the monster demon mansion. Oh boy. Hey guys, let's split up. 
<laughs> they split the party. I really like this sequence because one of the things that I, I particularly liked about it, and I don't know if like knowledge of the anime or even just the anime being audio visual and not just visual uh, would have had an effect on this. But like there was the there was the sound effect of the drumming constantly, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really tell what it was supposed to be in the same way that a lot of the characters couldn't quite figure out what was going on until it started to get more explicit that it was specifically drumming. That was a really cool way for a purely visual medium to communicate an auditory clue as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. That was that was really fun to piece it together alongside the characters because Anitsu actually knows a lot more than he lets on in a lot of cases because he with his you know with his hearing shouldn't work that way super hearing actually kind of figures out what's going on a lot faster than pretty much everyone else but you're as the audience were focused on Tanjiro and he's having a lot of trouble because the mansion constantly moving around and there being a lot of sense that he can't pin down on you know what they are and where they are because he hasn't like directly interacted with them you know Mm -hmm. like he can smell blood for example he can smell something that's probably a demon over that way or is it over there like he's really disoriented because his supernatural sense is not particularly useful in this case again it was conveyed in a really clever way um the sort of like scratchy way that the um that the drum beat sound effect was sort of like shoved on the sides, especially where like movement happened as well. You know, as someone who saw the anime, it does help, but it also adds to the sense of weirdness because, you know, the beating of the drum sets the like rhythm of the scene. And so it almost feels (laughs) like a cut up AMV when the drum is going boom, boom, boom. And like, it's just that shot holding on Tanjiro's face and the uh, rooms keep changing behind him. Is that audio cue diegetic or is it? Uh... Mm-hmm. Or is it OST? Yeah, mm-hmm. we learned that it is indeed diegetic because big demon man <laughs> comes walking down the hall with drums implanted in his body. I love this villain design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyoga, I believe his name is. Yep. He is a hell of a guy massive lanky long clawed like long shaggy hair doesn't look like he takes care of himself and with these grotesque uh drums growing out of his flesh he's got one in each shoulder one in each thigh Mm. and one in his stomach and uh he is extraordinarily grumpy Mm -hmm. to the point where he doesn't even notice the two kids in the room next to him in the hallway. He's too busy growling about the people in his house and muttering and walking down the hall. Yeah, there's less of a sense that he's actively pursuing anyone and just like pissed off. He's like, why are these damn kids in my house? Yeah, yeah. It's just- What's with all these squatters? <laughs> <laughs> it's less Resident Evil, more. Um, oh, what's the. Less Resident Evil 1, more Resident Evil 8. Why are these people in my house? (laughs) Actually, yeah, perfect. (laughs) We also have uh, Zenitsu and uh, Soichi, who are similarly lost wandering around. Um, Well, Soichi's wandering around. Zenitsu is clinging to his kimono and crying. And to be clear, the member of the Demon Slayer Corps, the one with the sword, is the one clinging onto the child, not the other way around. Not to belabor the point, but this is Zenitsu's entire character. <laughs> They're both going to die. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
uh, they are randomly opening doors, trying to find their way around. And they open one door and we find best boy inside <laughs> a man without a shirt and a boar head. <laughs> standing there looking very menacing a very <laughs> realistically drawn boar head too yeah like, that was something i was really excited about because i was just like oh the detail i did yeah, it, it jumped out at me and i was just kind of like i want to run my fingers through the hair <laughs> okay not where i was going with what i was going to say but okay um I mean, I, like every hair on the thing is drawn like mm -hmm. it looks yeah. it looks like an actual and the other the other sort of fun thing is is uh those eyes how do, how does that how does that boarhead mask work Jacob <laughs> later on it well it gets more confusing it is confusing the longer you dwell on it the less you understand it but at least if you ever are able to watch the anime it is somewhat explained though not explained it, it doesn't matter the, the answer to the question of how the boar mask works is how does Tanjiro's nose work? <laughs> like, it's it's one of those. You're asking but it's still, way too many questions. Yeah, has a shonen superpower. That's smelling. What don't you understand? <laughs> well, there, so, there's some implications about smell. No, it's a shonen superpower. Okay. <laughs> End all disbelief. Just Fine. <laughs> we we don't get to spend a lot of time with this new boar boy as he as he rushes out the open door and charges down the hallway, calling for combat and cackling like a maniac. He declared combat. Wait, <laughs> declared he, it. He wakes up every morning and chooses violence. Yeah, yes. which which uh, somewhat like Zenitsu is going to be something of a through line for this character. We'll call it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, I love Inosuke. <laughs> Look, Tanjiro is too much of a good boy. You need uh, you need conflict to create story. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need someone to balance out his good vibes. Like literally, Zenitsu and Inosuke are like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Tanjiro's infinite courage and then the infinite cowardice. <laughs> and then Tanjiro the is infinite good boyness and uh, Inosuke is is fight me. Inosuke's infinite bad boyness. Ooh. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Some we've got some demons in this house, right? I suppose. Maybe. Allegedly. There's two. There's three, technically, but I I will <laughs> forgive you for forgetting one of them exists. Because that one does not stand up to the Boar's charge for very long. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know there's at least two. I'm pretty sure there was three, but... Uh... Inosuke just runs through one of them, cackling about, I will become the strongest. You will be my stepping stone as I get higher and higher in strength and power. Die! And then, and, and so it does. Yeah, when I was writing the outline, the Demon Slayer wiki informed me there was an Inosuke versus the Horned Demon fight. And I'm like, I don't remember that. It's because Inosuke runs around a corner, cuts this dude's head off and keeps running. <laughs> it's not even a fight. It's like more of an assault. Just like attack this guy. Done. It's, it's just a murder. There, was yeah. an ex there was no exchange of blows. There was no exchange of, of words. Nope. Mm -hmm. You're gone. Just, you know, a casual decapitation. Which, honestly, I think just does so much to inform you of Inosuke's character. It really we, does. <laughs> we already got an, a 
very powerful visual metaphor with the boar, the very finely detailed boar head, uh, and the fact that he just runs forward without any regard for what's going on. It also tells us like how strong he is and how little he actually thinks ahead in a situation. He just I, sees something in front of him and he runs straight through it. He's he's a charging wild boar. I think a better depiction of a Nosuke's character is the fact that his sword is actually two swords that have been chipped to the point they are jagged. Like um mm-hmm. like they have like noticeable teeth to them. They're serrated like a saw because they have been not maintained. Okay, I was going to ask that cuz they seemed they seemed regular enough. I wasn't sure if it was Yeah, I always thought it was it was an intentional design just because it looked you know, pretty regular. I mean, if it were this spoilers from me, spoilers from the anime, but he does do that on purpose. And he has two swords because he beat up another Demon Slayer Corps member and stole one. Yeah, that's on brand. That's how he learned about the final selections existence, went there next. No other preparation and, you know, succeeded. <laughs> He's just boy wonder. Since we're talking about this right now, I love how Zenitsu hand, hand waves why we didn't see him in the preparation. It's like, you didn't see him? He was the first one up the mountain and the first one to leave. I saw him. And Tanjiro's is like, okay, that tracks. I, th- <laughs> yeah. I thought there were only four people, but yeah, I guess uh, Inosuke was also there. <laughs> I mean, Inosuke is totally on brand. He would not stick around for any of the ceremonial crap, you know? Oh, yeah. Give me my sword. Goodbye. <laughs> But yeah, slight spoilers from the anime. Um, we do see Zenitsu get uh, n- get a new sword at one point, and he takes up he picks up a rock and takes it to the blade to chip in the saw blade serrations. It's kind of both, where he's not like treating it right, but it is also intentional that he wants there to be more cutting surfaces on his sword because only one is simply not enough for the level of violence he seeks to inflict. <laughs> You don't understand the true path of beast breathing is to fight with your fangs. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's why I love this guy. He is a wild animal and he is so cool. It is sort of funny that um, they gave Tanjiro a supernatural sense of smell when you would think that the the person who is a boar, a boar would have um, smelling powers, but uh no, we learn later he's got a supernaturally potent sense of touch, which might be why all those hairs are so finely detailed. <laughs> Ladies. Oh, God damn it, Jay. <laughs> Jay, behave. <laughs> no. Yes, he is very pretty and very muscular. And we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> Look, Jay, we had record of Ragnarok last week. That was your buff bishi quote of this month. <laughs> never enough there's never enough am i right never (laughs) anyway we've spent an awful lot of time talking about inosuke but not the fight he's in because the manga doesn't really care about the fight he's in it just happens (laughs) and then he keeps crashing through walls we spend significantly more time on the fight that zenitsu gets in which is where we learn that he is in fact the storm that is approaching show me your motivation yeah he is uh cornered with uh his uh child protector at the (laughs) moment by uh just, I think one of the creepiest demon designs we've got so far. Uh, it's like a little like gecko lizard person who's got like the long flicking tongue. Long tongue. It's like five times the length of his own body. 
Oh, you look so tasty. I'm gonna slurp out your brains after I kill you. That statement is so horrifying. Zenitsu passes out in terror. Leaving the child to die. Okay, now to Tanjiro's fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's another one of those ones where it's like, honestly, given the situation he's in, it's kind of understandable, but... We've seen what level one demons can do to a human being. Like, I'm just saying, if I was in Demon Slayer universe, I would just check out most times. Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's it's very much the case where this is certainly not befitting behavior of a Demon Slayer core member, but he also wasn't entirely on board with doing this job in the first place. So, (laughs) yeah, we get a vague reference to it here, but he got scammed by a lady that he had fallen for and he, he gave her all his money so he's very much in debt and a, an old swordsman paid off his debt in exchange for teaching him how to wield a blade and fight demons with uh strange cool. tongues and want to eat your brains i mean maybe this is a solution for the student loan crisis Hmm. <laughs> we'll all become demon slayers. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only way the president will uh, will forgive student debt if we all learn the sword. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm about it. <laughs> the demon and Soichi are both like, this guy's pathetic. <laughs> all right, time to get this over with. And the demon flashes out his tongue to go murder the child who screams for help from poor Zenitsu. The tongue tip gets cut off. Excuse me, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand my boy Zenitsu. He has mastered the art of the blade so much he could be a swordsman in his sleep. Mm -hmm. When he's asleep, he doesn't have time to feel fear. So his uh, unconscious form stands up between the demon and the child, strikes a pose, thunder breathing. First form, thunderclap and flash. And then in the next panel, he's behind the demon whose head is flying from his shoulders. Mm-hmm. What a great name. What a great attack. What great mm-hmm. art. Like, mm-hmm. seriously. Oh, man. Like I said it already. Uh, Zenitsu has the coolest uh, Iaijutsu in the business right now. <laughs> and I love it. So this is another case where a fight ends rather quickly. Um Zenitsu promptly wakes up at this point and uh, thanks his savior, Shoichi, for for protecting him from the from the demon. Yeah, (laughs) because he doesn't remember what happened. He was asleep to Shoichi's infinite confusion. (laughs) Yep. Take the credit, boy. It's worth it. (laughs) (laughs) This kid's so strong. I didn't realize you defeated that demon. How impressive. Wait, if he takes the credit, wouldn't that put him in the same position that Zenitsu is in? Yeah, with none of the training, and then he has to go to Spider Mountain. Uh, That's a bad idea. Spider Mountain, Charlie. (laughs) We're going to the Spider Mountain, Charlie. They'll turn you into a spider. (laughs) You'll be part of the family. God. Uh, We dated ourselves with that early internet reference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, Let's just get back to our good boy Tanjiro, all right? <laughs> Instead of the magical Leopleridon, it's the magical Arthropleura. <laughs> uh, Tanjiro and Teruko are making their way through the house, uh, away from the big bad demon man. And they open a door, find another child with a drum who is about to bang on the drum, but uh, 
Teriko recognizes this kid as her her lost older brother. And it's here where we get a bit of detail on how this big bad demon lord works because those drums have varying magical effects and when he bangs on one of them it causes said effect uh this kid kiyoshi was hiding from the demons in the house and all of the demons happened to get together and start arguing over who was going to get to eat the child yeah very very awkward he's mm -hmm. just like mom and dad are arguing i'm going to go hide <laughs> I uh, mean, basically, if mom and dad were arguing because your blood was worth the blood of 50 people, sure. Uh, hey, I'm just saying, I there are probably movies out there with that with that spin on them. I I don't. I mean, Nicolas Cage has mom and dad, which is exactly that premise. <laughs> no. Oh god. That's that's Depressing, but not shocking. I'm just saying there's always a plot for everything that <laughs> I could possibly think up. So, yes, probably exists in the movie world. Yep. Anyway. All I'm saying is that Kiyoshi really should be joining the Demon Slayer Corps because he had balls big enough to go and rip the drum out of the big demon lord's back, uh, bang on it. And that is the drum that allows for teleportation throughout the house. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep running. Keep running, keep banging on that drum all day, and maybe I won't die. And so uh, leaving the two kids together with the teleporting drum, Tanjiro decides to go off and have the boss fight. Oh, we do have a moment where uh, Inosuke shows up to interact with Tanjiro, uh, crashing through a wall in full bore fashion, uh, trying to engage with uh, Kyogai, the demon lord, which is where we also learn more about these uh, drum these drum powers because when he bangs on the drums, the walls start rotating and he can make giant claw slashes appear in the ground, which uh, presumably would also slash up anyone in them. He just wants these kids out of his house. <laughs> Get these damn kids out of my house. Uh, we also learn an important fact. Uh, Kyogai used to be one of the 12 Kizuki. Mm -hmm. But his uh, his eye that shows that he's one of the Kizuki has been scarred over. And the kanji is ruined. Turns out uh, Demon Michael Jackson wants you to actually leave the house when he gives you superpowers, not just uh, <laughs> stay in one place and do nothing. <laughs> I want you to go out and kill people. You're just sitting here moping. No moping. Boy, that's a that's a through line, isn't it? You really do be, actually. Go out and kill something. It's what you I'm too do. sad. It's really sad because unfortunately the manga does not go too much into the backstory that we've presented. Mm hmm. Yeah, we get a bit more of it in the show uh, by virtue of it, you know, having more time to linger on the scene. But mm. but that's not what we read. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When Kyogai was human, he was an aspiring poet, but he kind of sucked at it and he got a really bad review. And as all writers do, you get your your first really bad review and you end up moping and become a demon. That was that was from a family member, too, wasn't it? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. So basically, he's mopey because, you know, he's a writer and making a writer a demon doesn't take the <laughs> the writer out of him. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, as a as a grumpy, mopey uh, hermit writer, I vibe with this character more than any <laughs> character that we've read up to this point in the history of our show. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what I need. I need demon blood. 
No, because you'll still be miserable. That's the point. The key takeaway is that the demon blood does not change you from, well, you know, that state. The demon blood does change you because you do forget being a human being, and it's debatable to what extent. <laughs> to what extent? He still remembers, you know, the, the emotions that he held on, and he holds on to those emotions. That's actually what's holding him back, but... Yeah, it might be a thing of the longer you remain a demon and the more people you kill, the more it separates you from your humanity and then your human emotions leave you. Uh, that's actually explored in Spider Arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's set up here and explored and and jokes aside about me vibing with this character. That is something that's sort of um, particularly illustrative and does sort of go into the idea of, huh, Mujo seems to be getting a bunch of depressed people because like what's going on is he's finding people who are desperate enough to accept demon blood. Being demons makes them forget why they were sad, but the emotions linger and those never go away. So, you know, jokes aside, mm -hmm. it's very much the situation where he's offering you a silver bullet to fix all of your problems. But like all silver bullets that fix all of your problems, they actually fix none of the problems and make the situation horrifyingly worse. So Except for werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But uh, Tanjiro now has to do battle with Kyogai. And uh, reminder, our boy still has broken ribs and a broken leg against a big bad demon with a ranged attack who can rotate the walls. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. Don't worry, he breathe real good. <laughs> he, he do breathe real good, even though uh, that causes his ribs to expand and the fractures to grind. And oh, God, that hurt to read. Yep. <laughs> Just Tanjiro going into the description of how his broken bones are grinding. I ah, can't even finish the sentence. He explains in detail the things that are happening inside of his body. <laughs> I mean, can, can we get over the fact that apparently this is what water breathing style was built for, though, was water fills its container no matter how dented or broken it becomes. Like, this is a style to keep you fighting until your body is to dust, like. Yes. Tune in next week when we read Berserk. <laughs> there are a lot of dark themes in here. But uh, Tanjiro hardens his will, steals his spine, gets all that shonen protag determination, and then remembers that determination doesn't fix broken bones. Okay, we gotta uh, adapt our fighting style a little bit, and uh, he gets a lucky break because being the respectful good boy he is, as the room is being thrown around, some of the old poetry is also being thrown around, and when he's going to stick the landing, he doesn't step on the paper with the poetry. Mm -hmm. Which is what prompts uh, Kyogai's uh, flashback. Mm -hmm. Or at least the start of Kyogai's flashback. We don't get the full thing until um, a bit Tanjiro. later, but... Until Tanjiro smells his memories is canonically <laughs> how the audience knows what the demons were thinking in their final moments. <laughs> Was that established last time? Uh, I don't remember that. Last time, it's definitely established in the spider arc that he's like, I smell great sadness. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah, that is a thing that happens. I mean, there's a difference. There's a difference between smelling an emotion and like seeing events, though. 
Yeah, because the way I read it is that Tanjiro like understands the emotion of what the you know what these former people are going through versus the audiences seeing in detail mm-hmm. was was the way I read it. But I mean, he like he can smell that a cat knocked over a vase a day earlier. Mm-hmm. He just saw the cat and just realized that it was a cat and that it would we, do that. We've already established Tanjiro's <laughs> magic. Let's, let's yeah, move on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but with his, uh, again, beautifully drawn, just mm, gorgeous uh, water style powers, he is able to behead Kyogai. He says, dude, your blood demon art, honestly, pretty cool. Really sick. You did a good job. And the guy's like, I never got a compliment before. That's all I wanted. Thank you. That mentioned I vibe with this character. Something I did was good. No one ever liked my terrible poetry. (laughs) Matthew, you're part of the problem. (laughs) You know, maybe if he was a better poet, like... (laughs) Maybe if you stopped sucking so much. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you want to be good at something, you don't just start off good at it. Like, you have to actually be good at it. You have to be encouraging. Like, immediately saying, oh, you're shit, and nothing will ever become better is just... There's a wide margin between (laughs) being encouraging and going like, no, no, your homicidal rampage is justified. (laughs) I'm talking about before he became a demon. Like, it's like his family members could have been more gentle about it and given him like criticism or something. Not you're awful. Not literally standing on the page because that's what they think of it. Yeah. And and I've cracked it. I don't need demon blood. I need practice. There you go. And I, I firmly do believe that anyone can make a very a skeleton of decent work. Like, I mean, it takes practice, but like there's nothing that is inherently like, oh, my gosh, that's awful. There is a formula to a certain extent hmm. that, you know, if he received some encouragement and some constructive criticism, would at least make something maybe not, you know, groundbreaking, but at least palatable just take this moment to uh remind everyone if you like to review this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and uh next time on over manga cast we prove that notion wrong by reviewing one of my the things i wrote <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> remember guys constructive criticism we're not oh, here to no. crush dreams good luck well, hold on <laughs> we've definitely done that in other episodes but okay <laughs> <laughs> Gonna, do we have any manga cub that we're just gonna like completely rip apart and just be like, you should not be making manga. Just full stop. Just no. I can't think of anyone right now, but I don't want to make any definitive statements. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, that should be a should be a okay. random episode. Uh, yeah. It's it's the inverse of finding the perfect manga. We also have to find the uh, manga colors should just stop. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find the anti Gintama. <laughs> the worst manga. <laughs> anyway, uh, all of the demons in the demon drum house have now been defeated. Congratulations, everybody. Good job. And now the party has been assembled as uh Tanjiro collects the two kids and they start making their way outside. Uh, Tanjiro smells more blood. What the hell is going on? And they step outside to see a rather striking tableau uh, of Zenitsu 
crouching over the uh, Nezuko box and getting kicked by Inosuke, who's screaming, stand up and fight me. There's a demon in that box. I'm going to kick its ass and your ass. I'll kick anyone's ass. I'll kick my own ass. Draw your sword. <laughs> yeah, and Zenitsu has been beaten to a pulp. Like, he is beaten and bloody when, uh, if you'll remember correctly, his fight ended with him not getting hit at all. So... Yeah. Yeah, that was all Inosuke. And this is another one of those really solid moments for uh, Zenitsu where, like, he's not a joke character in this moment. He's not going to raise his hand to another uh, Demon Demon Slayer uh, core member because you just don't do that. And also he probably and maybe even correctly assesses that he'd lose. And yet he's absolutely not allowing... um, the contents of the box to be uh destroyed even says i knew there was a demon in there i figured that out yeah this is the part where he reveals that he knew all along what was in the box which to some extent actually kind of reframes um him going into the house the way he phrases it is that he's scared of the scratching in the box but like it's also relatively easy to read that like you know, he he very obviously doesn't have confidence in himself, like that's his entire shtick. But also, like, he understood that Nezuko being a demon would mean that she's inherently powerful. And if Tanjiro was saying the contents of this box will protect you, like he's going in to do his job, even if he'd never, like, admit that even to himself. And also, you know, Tanjiro said, what's in this box is more important to me than my own life. Zenitsu is protecting it with his own life. Uh, Inosuke could very easily kill him. Mm -hmm. Even if Zenitsu and Tanjiro haven't had the most blossoming friendship in their brief time together, uh, Zenitsu absolutely respects the man. And he's like, if this is important enough to him, then I will respect that and keep this safe. And Tanjiro uh, then proceeds to throw hands with Inosuke in a very epic SmackDown uh, wrestling match for uh, one man practically beaten to death versus another man who uh, actually also he just kind of won his fight in a single move. He's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do like how um, Tanjiro gets uh, Inosuke to not use swords in the fight by going like Demon Slayer cores can't fight with each other. That's illegal. And Inosuke is just like, you're right. That is illegal. Okay, cool. Then I guess we'll just punch. Like, (laughs) wait, no, that's not what I meant. And then he gets socked in the gut. Uh, That that is Inosuke's logic, like, crystallized into a single line. Tanjiro had punched Inosuke hard enough to break a few of his ribs, which means there's there's a lot of broken ribs going on around right now. I love how we get a... We get a scoreboard of it at the end of the arc. Yeah, Zenitsu has gotten some broken ribs from the beating Inosuke gave him. And now Tanjiro uh, defending uh, Zenitsu and Nezuko in the box uh, is breaking Inosuke's ribs. So mm-hmm. I end all this is kind of just like, I wonder if the rib bones would just like give up and be like, yep, <laughs> I'm done. My ribs went on strike. Honestly, I'm amazed they didn't already because of what these breathing powers apparently do. But yeah, right. <laughs> so they fight for a little bit. Uh, Tanjiro correctly surmises that Inosuke stays low to the ground and is always kicking and going for the heels, a bit like a four-legged wild beast or a boar. And he's like, well, you fight fire with fire, I guess. And then headbutts Inosuke. 
hard enough to give the man wearing the boar head as a helmet a concussion. Was this before or after we established how how hard his head was? Like <laughs> that, and that's also a common protag like yeah of like the pro deck has the hardest head ever just yes and it's like usually framed in a way to say that it's because he's so headstrong or so hard-headed that they're just like no we mean this also literally yeah literally and metaphorically hard-headed headbutt the the true uh ultimate weapon of all pro tags yep and it causes Inosuke's uh, helmet to fall off. And, oh my god, he's beautiful. <laughs> wait, wait a second, that's a helmet? I thought he was a pig man. No. Oh. No. It's just what he wants you to think. The, the, the way that the eyes on the mask work certainly want you to think he's a pig man. Yeah, they, sure. they do emote. <laughs> they emote, and also the mouth will open sometimes. You don't understand, guys. It's a lot worse in the anime, Jacob. Uh, the, <laughs> the mask emotes a lot. The That's mask, amazing. The mask cries. Yes. It's very, it's very sweet. But yes. Um. Oh my God, he's beautiful. Yep. He's got the ultimate buff boy body and then a bishi face. It is. Mm, he's it's the something. perfect man. He's the perfect man. <laughs> I love how uh, Zenitsu cries that it's not fair that he's so pretty while being so buff. <laughs> <laughs> Which implies that, that hey, if you weren't in so buff, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And, and uh, Inosuke goes, what's the matter? You got a problem with my face? To which Tanjiro goes, no, I think it's very nice. <laughs> We're still fighting. <laughs> yeah. Very self-conscious. Uh, That's why he wears the war mask. Very self-conscious. But the uh, the concussion catches up to Inosuke and he falls unconscious. Yeah, because he tries to keep going and then he just like drops immediately afterward. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Sam, I just got a message from the NFL. We're going to need to retake that last bit. Could you not say the C word? Uh, <laughs> you know what? You're right. Uh, he had a... Uh, a negative incident with his brain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Inosuke wakes up a bit later uh, to see them doing some Undertaker services for the dead. He's like, I'm not going to help you bury bodies, to which Tanjiro says, oh, I understand your injuries are too bad. Well, don't worry. Everyone has their own pain thresholds, so you can just rest. All right, we'll take care of this and then get on our way. And he's like, no, you, that's bullshit. I'll bury these bodies. I'll do better than all of you. I'll bury all the bodies, 10 bodies, 100 bodies. I love this moment for Tanjiro, too, because, like, he has been up to this point been so defined as the good boy. And the fact that he just, like, completely manipulated uh, Inosuke into helping was a really good moment of growth for him because, like, I don't feel like... um you know, start of the series, Tanjiro would ever do anything like that. I I read that as like him being genuine. <laughs> like he was genuinely like, oh, no, it's fine. You have a different brain threshold. I was taking good boy Tanjiro didn't understand how to talk to people. Like when he's like, do you have a problem with my face? No, it's very pretty. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one, that one I totally read as good boy Tanjiro. I think it was the expression that made that implied to me that like, because like Tanjiro like gave Inosuke a look 
and then said, I understand it. Uh, everyone has a different pain threshold, but like you could read it either way, honestly. It's just Tanjiro had a couple of other cases where um, I, I feel like he was showing a bit more emotional awareness of people. So that's why I read it that way. Now that they've got the bodies buried, it's uh, it's time to um, get mandatory rest, I think, because the crows do direct them to this next place. And something that we've glossed over a bit, um, like we've mentioned in passing, but uh, should probably mention in particular because this is a bit of a running joke. Um, Tanjiro has a crow. Inosuke has a crow. Zenitsu has a sparrow, except he can't understand the sparrow, but everyone else can. Yep. <laughs> I also love the running gag that we get explained in an author panel at the end of one of the chapters that Inosuke's crow doesn't show up in scenes because Inosuke has tried to eat it 18 times. So now it just hides. <laughs> a poor burb. It's, it's just sneaking its little beak out from behind a tree. And just like, hey, hey, there's more demons over that way. Come back here, lunch. <laughs> oh, another fun bit we get in the uh, little author, uh, basically sketches at the end of chapters is um, as they leave the group of children, uh, the crow coughs up a bag of wisteria flowers that acts as demon repellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw the crow do that. And I'm like, so that crow can do that at any time. And chooses not to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're we're yeah. going to say it's because of a limited supply and definitely not for there, any other reason. There's literally a mountain of wisteria flowers. We've, we've established <laughs> they're not a limited resource. <laughs> but isn't the idea that they're sent out there to eliminate demons? So you can't hide from them. You have yeah. to go out I, of your way to, you know, defeat the population, decrease the population, not just, you know, avoid them forever. Look, I'm saying demon repellent has a lot of uses, but let, let's not go too deep into Demon Slayer's world building. Uh, let, let's just take the Harry Potter route to it. It tells a good story. Don't dig too deep into everything off the main path. <laughs> the reason why that came up is because apparently um, the elder brother who got kidnapped. Uh, has the super sweet blood that's worth 50 people's blood. Yeah, I, it's sort of a, it's implied that it's a blood type thing, but again, it's it's one of those ones that <laughs> maybe best not dig into it. Anyway, they go to grandma's house to get their ribs healed. Uh, <laughs> I, I go to grandma's house to get some cookies. <laughs> uh, this was apparently a family that was once saved by a demon slayer, and so they swore a generational bond to the demon slayer corps to serve as a safe house. And it's like, oh, thank God they're going to get some rest Please, <laughs> they're actually going to heal from the injuries they incurred. I understand. I understand these are shonen protagonist characters, but please, for the love of God, Tanjiro is doing all of that running around in a rotating mansion with a broken leg. For the love of God, get this boy a cast. So, re- real talk. Who else thought Grandma was going to be secretly a demon and betrayed them? Just from the way they portrayed her at the end of the first chapter, introducing her. Um, I mean, that's always my assumption. Whenever there's any type of demon manga, I'm just like, is that person a demon? Maybe that person. That's my assumption in uh, any manga, especially Sojo. Is that guy a demon? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, are you a demon? You're a demon until you are proven otherwise not a demon. You would do way better in the journey to the West than Tripitaka. (laughs) (laughs) 
granny does uh, offer them food and rest, and we do a jump cut past the time of their rest. So we do have a few more uh, dy group dynamic establishing moments. Uh, Inosuke keeps trying to provoke Tanjiro into fights by, like, taking his bedroll or eating his food. And infinite mercy good boy Tanjiro is just like, oh, yeah, if you're hungry, here, have another serving. I, I don't want any more rice. Here you go. Yeah, that that's my favorite because that one is definitely like good boy Tanjiro doesn't understand what being provoked is like it uh -huh. doesn't compute for him. Pro uh, provoke into a fight for Tanjiro wholly centers around uh, are you threatening the things I've sworn to protect? If no, then what you're doing is not provoking violence from me. Yes, he has a very <laughs> limited sense of self. A very limited sense of uh, all right, time to kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> He is very much a uh, eldest brother. I will endure pain for the comfort of my like people I yep. protect. He yep. even eldest. says that later on. Yeah. Like. But that's like his entire attitude is like minor annoyances are not things I can be mad about because I have had to deal with like seven younger siblings. I have learned to take it and smile. That actually came out like a lot darker than what I meant, but that's like just a normal family dynamic is like things well, that yeah. aren't really a big deal. You just let slide. Yeah. yeah, and and I think I think to a large extent the fact that Zenitsu and Inosuke are here to keep Demon Slayer from getting too dark because like it it does read as like minor annoyances as in like getting food stolen by a younger sibling sort of thing you know doesn't bother Tanjiro you know because like as established this is a pretty freaking dark universe that we're uh, immersed in right now so I. Mm -hmm. I will never understand only children not needing to immediately stake their claim on any food put on the table. Like that was drilled into me as a young age. <laughs> and that was really. You get your piece. I mean, that's how my mother was raised. One of five. That's how I was raised. I'm just sitting here as the only child like, oh, yeah, know, I'm just like, yeah, we, we got around to it. You only children, not understanding <laughs> that food is a limited resource you need to fight for. <laughs> you haven't had leftovers, if that makes it any better. Oh, oh wow. I mean, it's, it's double for me, because I don't eat normally anyway. But we have one other important moment, and that is that Nezuko comes out of the box to say hello, and Zenitsu is immediately like, You had a hot girl in that box! Dodger, you've been wandering around with a pretty girl this whole time, you get back oh. here! It makes it even more painful. It's like, dude, no, you've crossed dude, the line. Dude, that's my sister. This is wrong on two levels. <laughs> First of all, she deserves better. Second of all, it's my sister, ill. Yeah. First of all, this is in Alabama. Second of all, this is in Alabama. <laughs> Those little uh, scenes, I, I think they do give us a very good uh, idea of what the months of recovery are like and that's something i'll always praise demon slayer for its pacing is very solid it, it cuts out a lot of the fluff that other manga would probably would probably like uh spend greater amounts of time focusing on if this is not actively advancing characterization or the or the plot then we're not we're just skipping over it doesn't even yeah. be there it's not so much specifically Demon Slayer as like that's something that Shonen has gotten better at than in the past. Yeah, I'll, I'll, if you will all remember from our uh, filler episode where Matt and I discussed filler, uh, I think that Demon Slayer, uh, perhaps the most out of the new wave of big Shonen, is uh, a real response to uh, the 
the infamous days of massive filler that uh, plagued the early anime boom in the West. It's not a it's not a story that's meant to go on perpetually. It's a story that is meant to go from point A to point B to point C, etc., until it reaches its end. It's a, it's incredibly lean, much like a no skate. Goddamn those muscles. <laughs> One thing I will uh, praise the Demon Slayer manga for is um, each chapter you read has like a definitive structure to it. Like each chapter either ends on a definitive cliffhanger or like wraps up a story. And I really appreciate because like each chapter is readable in itself, where sometimes you'll get a shonen where like you'll get an end and it's literally just like, hey, I ran out of pages for this week. Don't worry. There will be another 15 pages next week and another 15 pages next week. And then you'll have a complete story over these four chapters. Planned out. In other words, there's a beginning, middle and end. It's very Mm -hmm. satisfying. Or it's not like a cliffhanger. Like it's like watching episodes of a TV show. Like it it feels good to watch one episode. Like it feels good to read one chapter. Like specifically the chapters are well planned out as well as the overarching story. Mm -hmm. I also like that the recap isn't that isn't that long. That is the extent of their recovery period. As they're all walking away, though, grandma being very nice uh, offers them a blessing Good fortune. May you always live your life with high pride and have good fortune in war. And Inosuke is like, I don't understand any of this. What do you mean? What is what, what are you talking about with pride? Tanjiro is like, I think she means actively and truthfully performing your role. Not being not being ashamed of what, what you do. What is, what is this pride that you speak of? What Tanjiro is taking away from this is, um, you know, don't be ashamed that you're killing things that were once humans. Oh, yes. 100 percent. It's just. It's- that is a completely foreign concept to Zenitsu. It's just like, what? what is this pride that you speak of? <laughs> pride is foreign to Zenitsu. And then there's Inosuke who's like, I never felt shame for what I do. Of course not. I'm amazing. Have you seen me? <laughs> it's debatable who should feel more shame for their actions, Zenitsu or Inosuke. I'm leaning fairly hard towards Inosuke, but... <laughs> Well, it's because Zenosuke is obviously on the other end of the spectrum where like a little bit of shame wouldn't do him bad. He's, he really needs to take some time out to at least think before you just act so impulsively. I mean, the problem with Zenitsu is he feels shame over literally everything he does. So like anything he does isn't going to give him more shame. He's already That's- embarrassed about how weak he is like. Yeah, like he it- literally would need like a pride seminar. <laughs> that is what he needs. He needs to discover something to be proud of first. Have some confidence for once in your goddamn life, kid. <laughs> yeah. Think, Zenitsu, think! Seminar is taught by Inosuke. He's probably an awful, awful instructor, but he'd be great. I was going to go with uh, getting the robot Zenitsu, but... Uh... <laughs> now I need the think, Zenitsu, think with uh, his sensei as <laughs> oh don't don't do gramps dirty like that <laughs> ah you know what you're right Gramp, gramps is too good for that we should do an episode on invincible that'd be fun that's also a comic oh then definitely yeah if you want to see us break out of the the manga mold and look at a western comic and except for all the times we did web comics <laughs> except for all the times we've also negated the fact that manga's in our podcast title <laughs> anyway we're getting a bit off track it's time to go to spider mountain spider mountain 
Yay, yes. spiders. Yep, Natagumo Mountain, where a whole bunch of demon slayers have been sent because lots of people have been dying around here. Why don't we just throw a bunch of children at it? That's not on purpose. It just happens to be most of their ranks happen to be young individuals. I think it is on purpose. Yeah. Sp- Spider Mountain has a uh, a very large on-screen death toll. Yeah, yeah, it does. Talking about uh, Resident Evil, uh, if the drum house was Resident Evil 8, this is Resident Evil 7. Welcome <laughs> to the family, son. I was going to say Resident Evil 4, like they're just mowing down people. Which is kind of interesting because it's something that it's expressed that this has been a persistent threat or persistent issue. So it's kind of like if Demon Core had any any intention of really extinguishing the threat, they would have been like, okay, these first two swaths of young recruits aren't, aren't taking care of business. We need to send in our older, more experienced people. Did knock it out. I don't like, think there are older, more experienced people. But I mean, there are, obviously. Are but, there? Yes. Yeah, that's, okay. one of, that's one of the weird things. Um, but that's what I mean. It has less to do with their supply, but more to do with their delegation. Because obviously... The Hashira are supposed to be the elite, and it's just kind of like, why not just have a couple of those guys with the rest of the younger recruits take out, like, if they were actually trying to be productive, is what I'm saying. Like, There's, there's also only 12 Hashira for all of Japan, and this is an era where the greatest form of transportation is trains, so... It's probably hard enough to recruit demon slayers in this age, let alone have ones who survive long enough against this immensely dangerous threat. But the issue here is if you were actually trying to achieve the goal expedient, more expediently than just throwing your youngest recruits literally at the fire, then that would be a more effective way to accomplish the task, at least make a bigger dent than just constantly wave after wave of young people. I think that's the horror of the situation that Demon Slayer kind of skirts by, is I think the soldiers are only children because people don't survive being a Demon Slayer long enough to be adults. And that is what I'm saying, that... That I, I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that when I said that essentially that's why, you know, Zenitsu is such a crucial character because we're talking literally about child soldiers. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we do have more experienced individuals in their forces, it comes down more to like a managerial or delegation. Yeah, issue. they have they have heavy hitters that they could have sent in. I don't know if you guys, uh, like you guys have seen up to Mugen Train, so like this might be something that gets revealed later. It's entirely possible that they're, that the other um, heavy hitters were all doing something else at the time because they do indeed eventually get sent in. But it's also entirely possible that, you know, the Demon Slayer Corps might have ulterior motives and, you know... Like, I mean, if they're actually trying to round out their numbers and actually encourage people not only to join, but also to retain some kind of sizable force, then obviously you want to be more efficient than just, you know, wiping out your forces that you painstakingly tried to recruit. So in all fairness, you can only be so efficient when you are an extra governmental military that is fighting a force that most people don't believe exists. So. <laughs> and and. uh and as the Demon Slayer movie revealed, um, 
not to get too spoilery with it for the audience or Jake, but demons grow at an exceptionally faster rate of power than humans ever will. Well, yeah, because they just essentially just consume people. I mean, if you could effectively consume other sources of energy and other sources of power, humans would also grow, but they don't consume. They have to exert. Demons also don't get old and die is kind of yes. the big thing, though. They just... They just get more and more talented as they age because they don't ever deteriorate like humans will. We are again diving too deep into the weeds when we should be climbing this giant mountain of spiders. Uh, oh, no. look, some some helpful uh, demon core here. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Zunitsu stays behind. He's scared. Uh <laughs> While Inosuke, Tanjiro, and uh, Nezuko in the box go forth to do battle. Yeah, they do run into some Demon Core, uh, Demon Slayer Core members. Uh, when they when they arrive, someone is running out of the forest and Tanjiro notes, hey, look, that's a Demon Core uniform. He like screams, oh, good, there's someone else has arrived and then immediately gets yeeted back into the woods somehow. Mm -hmm. As if tugged on a string like a puppet, maybe. And there is one survivor who uh, tells them desperately to stay back because he can't control his own motions. Uh, they engage in a bit of a brawl uh, where <laughs> Tanjiro has to remind Inosuke, no, no, he's one of us. Don't kill him. I, I smell some demon stink on his back. Isn't oh, that, uh, isn't that puppet a woman? No, I'm At pretty least sure one no, of them is, no. but I think the I think the woman comes later. There, there oh. are a couple, okay. quote unquote, survivors, but um, two of them are immediately like dispatched. I, I'm conflating puppets, which fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tanjiro frees the first survivor that they run across, and he relates the horrifying story. They sent a whole bunch of uh, demon slayers up the mountain and all of a sudden they started killing each other, not because they like fell apart into infighting or whatever, but because their arms and legs started moving against their will. Yeah, and see, their real problem was they sent a bunch of the nameless mook demon slayers when they should have sent the team of protagonists. Because <laughs> boy, do these demon slayers, they're all wearing like literally just the uniform. <laughs> Uh, look, that's how you can tell if a member of the Demon Slayer Corps is actually worth anything. They're wearing something else over the uniform or that, nothing. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's how you that's how you signify you're worthy of getting a name because uh, none of these people get names. Hey, hey, what? you be nice to Murata, the name of the first survivor they meet. Yeah. I didn't have to look that up on the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> uh so they realize that they can cut the threads in order to drop the puppets, but then more threads just get attached. So we have to deal with the puppeteer demon. And we learn Inosuke's uh, super sense superpower, his uh, impossibly fine sense of touch. He uh, puts his swords in the ground, strikes a pose, does his beast breathing, and with his sense of touch is able to determine the change in air pressure around the puppeteer demon pointing them in the right direction makes perfect sense to me so just uh, gonna point this out right here um sam do you remember inosuke having this power uh i remember that inosuke used this technique in the show i, th I thought it was a specific 
uh, beast-style kata that he was using. You know, the, the keen senses of beasts go beyond that of a human to allow him to pinpoint the enemy location because, you know, Tanjiro's nose is once again overwhelmed by all the demon stink in the area. I forgot that it was explained as he he uh, touch real good, therefore feel air. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that might get <laughs> a little erased out going forward, but we'll have to see because uh, I, I did not remember this. And when I read the announcer bubble about it, I'm like, what? See, personally, I'm waiting for the Demon Slayer core member who can taste so well that they can sense uh, demons from a mile away. I need to lick you to know if you're a demon. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> that is a taste of a demon, Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> but anyway, they found the puppeteer demon. They are uh, running after to go kick its ass. Uh, but more puppets are appearing, and the closer they get to the puppeteer demon, the thicker the thread gets, which I guess gives more control over the puppets as mm -hmm. as they run into a lady uh, demon slayer who is forced to swing her sword so powerfully it breaks her arms which who boy um yeah no, mind control powers are already one of the ones that f like personally just freak me out so much they trigger some deep terror in my mind and seeing that is yeah, I gotta I gotta say this is one of the more like this is one of the more horrifying things that any of the demons have done. And I think the reason why it works so well is that you kind of feel like that maybe there's a chance that these people can be saved because like they're alive still. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that it, like it it's the way it all plays out is what I think really makes it effective in really making you feel for these people. I mean, Jacob, isn't it better to think that they were dead all along? <laughs> Ignorance no. is bliss. Our boys try to save them by throwing them up into the tree branches in order to tangle them in the trees, and that seems to work for a bit. Uh, Inosuke is enjoying the game, but the puppeteer demon, who is a lady uh, told by a young boy, you better perform or I'm telling father. Please, please, for the love of God, don't tell him. Okay, it's fine, it's fine. I'll get it done. Um, she's like, ah, great. You tangled up my puppets. Well, breaks their necks. All right, time to send in the big one. Yeah, and like in a pretty graphic fashion that is, it's something that, and honestly, this is one thing that I think Demon Slayer is pretty darn good at. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't overindulge in like, particularly graphic violence. So the places where you see someone's head twisted around backwards mm -hmm. have a bit more of an impact. Mm -hmm. And again, like these people were alive. So it's very much the case where, you know, you kind of like, like you're rooting for them to be okay. And then you see this happen so casually. There was no hope for them from the beginning. They they were dead the moment they set foot on the mountain. You you need to be reminded that in Demon Slayer, uh, compared to demons, human beings are paper dolls. Uh, we do get a very epic fight where Tanjiro and Inosuke pull a epic team maneuver to defeat the big puppet demon. Can we establish that the big puppet demon is a demon corpse without a head that is being puppeteered by a demon? 
Yeah, that was weird. It's weird. It's not really explained, but it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. And it's like, OK, we are never going to be able to get close enough to this lady with all these puppets around in order to uh, pull this off. So uh, Inosuke just yeets Tanjiro at her. <laughs> Makes sense. Because uh, mm. we've established Tanjiro weighs nothing when it's convenient to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> and this is honestly... As much as I love what comes later in this section, this is probably my favorite moment in the entire manga that I have consumed so far. Because Tanjiro is flying through the air. He's shadowed by the moon. It's a totally epic moment. Mm -hmm. And he looks down at this woman and he sees the fear in her eyes. The fear breaks and becomes this accepting relief. This idea that her suffering will be over when she dies. Mm -hmm. And so he was going to do just uh, a standard cut, but he alters his attack to water breathing fifth form, gentle rain. And it's a cut so fine. It kills the target when they feel and they feel no pain. It's yet another really good establishing moment for the type of person Tanjiro is. Because, like, despite the fact that, the, you know, this is a demon and a different kind of good boy protagonist might hesitate to actually finish them off. But no, Tanjiro, Tanjiro recognizes they're a demon. I have to do my job. A demon who has actively killed people that Tanjiro was in the midst of saving in front of him. Yeah, this this woman killed someone. 15 seconds ago, like it's it's a moment where like a different kind of protagonist like might hesitate or something. A different type of protagonist might be like, hey, I know you just killed a bunch of people, but you're really strong and I'd like to fight you later. <laughs> Tanjiro, you know, does his job. I like the um the way that like they establish what this particular one does, where it's like it can only be used when there is no resistance from the opponent. But then, you know, it it is a cut that the the person cut by it feels no pain. It's establishing something that we already know about Tanjiro, but it's a really good reinforcing moment of that idea. Mm -hmm. It's a moment of beautiful mercy. I I adore Tanjiro. He's my favorite protagonist in basically all shonen. Yeah. More so than that, I really like how one of like the ten techniques mm -hmm. of a yeah. water breathing form is specifically a technique that cuts with no pain. Like it is a technique designed for mercy. Yeah. Really says something good about Orokodaki because he uh, developed this style. He, yeah, he developed it. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say is that, um, you know, Tanjiro isn't the only like good hearted, merciful person. But uh, meanwhile, as this absolutely beautiful moment is happening, Zenitsu uh, finally plucks up his courage to go up the mountain because you don't take a girl into a situation like this. Nesuko! <laughs> Uh, one thing I will say in a difference between the manga and the anime, I appreciate that the manga treats this entirely as the little author sketch panels at the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this entire sequence of Zenitsu going into the mountain. Yeah, this is cut away to several times in the anime as like actual sections that are being animated and voice acted and all that. And this it's just a panel of him running around <laughs> in an unfinished sketch screaming for Nezuko. Zenitsu in the manga um, gets a lot more respect. 
because uh, he he is used a lot of times in the anime as filler for uh, not the best reasons to his character. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I appreciate the fact that the boy gets a little more love in this. But uh, Zenitsu does get involved in a fracas as he is running away from a spider with a human head. Oh, God, it's so disturbing to look at. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his reaction of what the heck is this? It's it's literally <laughs> that one spider monster from the first Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> like, cannot process. What is this? What am I looking at right now? Zenitsu just goes like, this shouldn't exist. I am running now. I'm dreaming. Please let me wake up with my head in Nezuko's lap. Oh, God, save me. <laughs> Once again, Zenitsu has a reaction that is entirely fair given the situation he's in. Not uh, a Demon Core member, mind you, but completely fair given the circumstances. Yep. And unfortunately, he goes from frying pan to fire as he runs into a clearing with a whole bunch of bodies dangling from threads and even a house up there. It also freaking reeks of death there to the point where he says that, man, this would probably kill Tanjiro with his nose. During like some of the like end of um, uh, one chapter thing that like lead into um, Zenitsu's little uh, cutaway panel shenanigans, um, Tanjiro mentions that uh, with the with the shifting winds and uh, he mentions the the stench of death, which we find now is this, you know, death spider house thing is actually like having an effect on uh, his his superhuman sense. An even bigger human head spider drops out of a thread from the house and is like, <laughs> dumbass, you got bit by a spider. You'll become one of us here. Let me explain in painstaking detail exactly how long of a process it will take for you to become a spider boy like me. I love how this shonen manga, like the villain explains his thing is actually taken diegetically, too, because it's like, and then this will happen. And he brings out like a clock to identify <laughs> like the different stages of being turned into a spider will happen over like the course of like six hours. And Zenitsu hears half of that explanation and just goes, nope, nope, nope. And then passes out from fear. And the guy's like, I, I, I wasn't done monologue. What a weakling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. He climbs a tree because he doesn't want to deal with this anymore. But the spiders start the other mm -hmm. spiders start climbing it, too. Yeah. And then uh, he passes out in a tree. So he's going to fall and hit his head and die on the ground. He's like, how boring. I wanted another little spider for my wait. No. Oh, is, is he oh. turning in the air? What's going Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wait. We get a flashback to Zenitsu's training where he was also up a tree trying to flee from his problems, sobbing and crying and saying, I know I'm weak. I know I'm pathetic. I'm trying to do my best. I train all the time, even when I'm alone, but I'm just no good. I'm sorry, Gramps. Incidentally, he has black hair at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has black hair right up until lightning strikes the tree he's in and turns it blonde. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That works. <laughs> I mean, it's either blonde or I've seen white because, you know, you've suffered a trauma and it's just like it shocks your hair to the point. Yeah, that's a commonly used trope in yeah. a lot of media. I am convinced that because uh, we learned that Gramps was a former Hashira and since he's teaching the uh, lightning breathing, he was probably the lightning Hashira. I'm convinced that Gramps summoned that lightning bolt. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he's so I, nice to Zunitsu otherwise, though. I know. Uh, no, he beats the crap out of him constantly. I, no, I was going to say, I'd buy him doing that. And honestly, kicking the pants is really what Zenitsu needs. The other thing that's sort of interesting about this whole sequence is that, um, and I really like this, like he's obviously not like fully conscious of what's going on, but like he he doesn't seem like he's entirely out either. Yeah, it's like he's doing like the equivalent of what is it, the drunken fist, but sleep. Well, because he, he says his hearing has been so good since a child, he's able to hear while he's asleep even. But like there are there are moments where like when he's when he's waxing poetic about his past, like there'll be moments where like his eyes open and he's clearly not like fully conscious. It turns off his like. His fear reflex, his fear reflex. Yeah. And it kind of just goes completely analytical of how do I negotiate this situation as opposed to what does Nitsu want to do, which is really just nope out. Just like, nope. <laughs> I mean, even more than that, though, like we get established by Tanjiro constant amount of times that uh, during their breathing techniques, like panic is what kills your breathing. It makes you like infinitely weaker. And the fact that Zenitsu is constantly panicking that the second he like goes to sleep, his breathing instantly calms and instantly falls into focus of what it needs to do. And like his thunder breathing is perfected the second he gets over himself when he's not constantly fretting. Well, the the thing about that, though, is and this is sort of what I want to call out about this moment, because that's absolutely what happened the first time we saw him use it. In this case, it feels like there's just that edge of consciousness where uh, Zenitsu realizes that that's what his problem is. Not his joke self-awareness where it's used as a punchline, but his actual self-awareness kind of shows through. But it would have to be how confident how, or not confident, but how comfortable does he have to be like, okay, the best way to sit to address the situation is to shut off. Like, I don't think that's entirely something that he recognizes so that he's just like, okay, I need to shut off now. It just kind of like he literally passes out and that is the effect of him passing out. Whereas if he's able to actually control that and acknowledge it and say, okay, I need to shut off. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is in this moment, um, we're we're getting um, him starting to like recognize that like this is this is like sowing the seeds of his character development to the point where he can, you know, do this on command instead of just when he passes out from sheer fright. Any, anyway, we yeah. should probably explain what does happen, though, because we kind of skipped over that bit. Um, mm -hmm. So basically in his flashback with Gramps, we get uh, him apologizing to him uh, profusely because he's in his training. He has only learned one technique. And even then he he can't get past it like he's he gets too hung up on himself he can't move on he's been taught one technique and uh, gramps finally goes like hey kid don't worry like if something's hard just keep doing it like you have learned one technique all right you know that technique become the best at it a katana is made by forging steel until it is free of any impurities do that with that technique i don't fear the man who's practiced ten thousand techniques once I fear the man who's practiced one technique 10,000 times. Which is such a such a cool moment. It really is. As we see uh, Zenitsu in his uh, semi-conscious state, 
improve upon the technique even further. We saw the thunderclap and flash. Now we see it sixfold as he uses it to ricochet off trees, slice upward as a rising thunderbolt, crashing through the hanging house and decapitating the spider demon. Yeah, it uh, it starts off by him uh, using it individually on spiders and the uh, spider demon that he was fighting is like, oh, he only knows one technique. I'll finish this now, at which point um, he dies in the same second, basically. Uh huh. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly Zenitsu modifies it to use it consecutively and is able to eliminate all of the remaining spiders, including the main one, all in one stroke. Like, I think canonically his technique takes like a fraction of a second. Well, he, he's he is moving like lightning. Mm-hmm. And again, the uh, the chestnut that Matt brought up last time in Demon Slayer are is the elemental effect of this uh, a metaphor or literal? It it's blurred a lot on Natagumo Mountain, particularly with Zenitsu, because at one point the air is literally vibrating and uh, the spiders that are like climbing on top of him are blown away. And he um, hasn't moved yet. So as someone who has only read the manga and not watched the anime, the question of are they like magic? It's definitely Charles Atlas superpowers, but I think that's all it is. It definitely starts blurring the line on Spider Mountain, though. Don't you agree mm -hmm. to that? At least. They start I... doing things that are inherently like uh, it, and then it, in the next fight, especially. Uh, as far as I saw, they just did stuff that you'd do with Charles Atlas superpowers. I mean, OK, because uh, I think I know what you're referring to, but we'll we'll get to that in a bit because that's a little bit off. Yeah. But like in the case of Zenitsu, like he's like he's moving at such ridiculous inhuman speeds that it's causing the air to like that's something that you do with Charles Atlas superpowers. It's worth cutting a fine line. It's like what is superhuman in the universe of Demon Slayer? Goku pushing a, a a rock the size of a actual like a, a, a like a hill that's like you know twenty times his size or whatever like that's not superhuman in the Dragon Ball universe that's Charles Atlas superpowers and that's how I read what they're doing in Demon Slayer with their breathing arts. Okay, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a fair take. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Zenitsu dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He collapses on the rooftop of the hanging house, uh, still with the poison in his system that's turning him into a spider. And he manages to retain just enough uh, focus to use his breathing techniques to slow down his heart and slow the spread of the poison. I don't I don't really think I ever got annoyed by Zenitsu, but he's not really my kind of character. But the thing that really sold me on him and made me really like him was when he's laying on the roof of this house after, you know, he's, you know, like it's like he's survived the fight, but he's still poisoned and still going to like for one again, sort of owing to the idea of like how conscious was he of, you know, what he did. He seemed to at least have some level of understanding of what he had just done. And the moment that really sold me on him as a character was when he's saying, I have to keep trying. I have to keep surviving. I'll I'll do the breathing as best I can in this state. He says that he wouldn't want Tanjiro to be ashamed of him. Mm hmm. And I love that moment because a joke character would say I wouldn't want Nezuko to be ashamed of me because, oh, that's the girl I want to woo. Yeah. In that moment, Zenitsu is like he doesn't really have 
a relationship with Nezuko. Like, he barely knows her. He does, on the other hand, know and respect Tanjiro. And that's such a real human moment for him. He's not being a joke character in that moment. And that was what really sold him as a character for me. Yeah. No, absolutely same. It was after this moment in the anime that he went from, oh, a cool man has funny gimmick to, all right, he's a serious contender for favorite character. But, uh, we have to get back to the other two boy, the other two best characters in the show, <laughs> <laughs> because there's still more demons on this mountain. And as uh, Spider Mom was dying, she did warn Tanjiro, "The twelve Kizuki are here." I think she meant to say one of the twelve Kizuki are here, but yeah, I thought they meant she meant to say the twelve Kizuki was here, like the Kizuki number twelve. Ah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Then I, like Tanjiro, misinterpreted that because he thinks I thought demons were solitary. Is there like a whole clan here? And is it all the Kizuki? What's going on? (laughs) They continue to run up the mountain. They run into a big, bad spider dad. (laughs) You got that dad bod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if your dad was freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger, this man (laughs) is huge. This was the demon design that I personally, uh, remembered most vividly that that spider head was something else this is a buff dude with a very realistic spider head (laughs) well it's a very detailed spider head because that mouth is yeah it kind of killed the illusion for me i was just like okay Mm -hmm. okay head i was like nope nope (laughs) this is what this is what people who assume that mermaids have the fish part on the bottom look like Hey, hey, hey. I take offense to that statement. That's an acceptable version of mermaids. Part two of mermaid litigation. No, we're running out of time. We don't have have time for bits. So they attempt to fight this demon only to find out that not only is he buff, he's also extremely hard phrasing because their swords cannot cut into his flesh. Could have said durable. No, that's not as funny. <laughs> he's thick. Yes, he's thick. Well, uh, he's not thick yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tanjiro, uh, being the actual smart one of the pair here, uh, cuts down a tree to drop it on this guy's head, which only uh, keeps him at bay for so long because uh, Spider Dad picks up the tree and swings it like a bat, knocking Tanjiro right out of the park. Tanjiro will no longer be in this fight. (laughs) Yeah. No, he gets yeeted to uh, another part of the mountain entirely. It's it's funny the amount of conversation Tanjiro is able to have while (laughs) flying away. He he is able to think, oh, thank God, I managed to deflect part of this with the hilt of my sword to absorb some of the blow, but I'm still flying away. Inosuke, don't die. I'll be back. Just stay alive. And And then he sparkles like Team Rocket. Leaving Porinosuke to fight this guy. And you know what? Uh, I think we're going to have a lot to say about uh, the fight Tanjiro ends up in. So let's just go with Inosuke versus Spider Dad. Yeah, let's let's uh, get that out of the way. And they they are of the opinion that this is the Kizuki member because holy crap, we can't even cut him. He's too powerful. What are we doing? We cut him once and then he molted and then got even more buff and even more eldritch horror face. (laughs) And with more arms? Yeah, this is the one that uh, this is the one that I remembered most vividly. Wow. Yeah, Inosuke 
all alone against this guy has the moment of, I can't cut him. What do I do? Wait, I have two swords. I, I half cut him with one and then I hammer down with the other one to finish it. You know how swords are used. <laughs> According to Inosuke. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the spider dad molts into an even bigger, more dadder spider. Uh, surprisingly, our indomitable boar says that, nope, all right, too big, can't fight this, I'm gonna die here. Wait a minute, that's bullshit thinking, no! <laughs> what am I, a bitch? Tanjiro wouldn't run! <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of the fun bit, at least presumably. This is the first time that he's been in a situation that he can't handle. So, like, you know, we're we're seeing him reacting to insurmountable odds and like he goes through a uh, quite the gambit of emotions you don't normally see this kind of character show show that kind of range which mm -hmm. was interesting it, it, it's one of those ones where i'm like my immediate gut reaction is it's different there's something off about this but like no he's he's like he's going through the oh i can't just brute force my way through this i don't actually have another plan I'm going to die here. Well, nothing else to do but try. Better not die like a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that is why I love Inosuke. He refuses to go out. Common denominator here is that obviously Tanjiro has rubbed off on both of them, and they obviously want to do their best for slightly different reasons, but Tanjiro has rubbed off, and he is their motivation. They don't want to let him down, despite yep. the fact they like teasing him individually in their own way and that's what i love about it i love this entire group dynamic for that reason i like that it doesn't actually point this out but the relationship that tanjiro inosuke and um zenitsu have is very much a sibling relationship that will be relevant soon <laughs> like oh, yeah for the first time presumably in his life inosuke actually hit a despair event horizon and like you know started confronting his own mortality but not wanting to let Tanjiro down, he accurately assesses it's like, well, I'm not going to give up. I'm still probably going to die, but I'm going to try my hardest not to. Like, like that's that's very rare for the type of character Inosuke is, which I really appreciate. Like every other obstacle Inosuke faces, he gets through it by punching to the other side. <laughs> Basically, you know, he makes a he gives it a good old college try. But yeah, no, his assessment was right. He couldn't fight this thing. And it begins crushing his boar head with one fist. The boar head. Mm hmm. And beautiful. Yeah, and his and his pretty boy face on the inside of it too, presumably. Uh, Inosuke has some flashbacks to a woman abandoning him in the woods, apologizing for what she's doing. Then remembering Grandma telling him to always live with pride. Conflicting messages. Thankfully, for Inosuke, uh, Gyo Tomioka once again proving himself to be the only member of the Demon Slayer Corps who does any work shows up and dispatches this monster with barely a blink. I mean, you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> because uh, him and um, I blank on Butterfly... Shinobu. Shinobu, Shinobu uh, were uh, tasked to get sent here. I'm not sure if we elaborated that, but that happened in a, like, slide panel. So now they decide to delegate, you know, what they should have done initially. Yes, af after, like, 14 children died, they said they should send some people. <laughs> 
Wolverine and send some people over to check on them. 14 children died. They sent three slightly stronger children. And then when uh, they didn't report back, they sent two more slightly stronger than that children. All right. Everyone's children. We already have accepted this. Yes. <laughs> everyone's children. Yes. You and Shinobu are grown and they're Hashira, which means they are the biggest badasses in Hashira the Hashira can still be children. Like, they're strong children, they're experienced children, you can still be children. They're definitely 20 at most. <laughs> yeah. They're frankly probably too young to be doing this. Yeah. Yes, 100%. But they're barely adults. We have a great moment uh, after Giyu saves Inosuke, where Inosuke is like, Oh, you're really cool and strong. Let's fight. If I beat you, that means that I beat that thing and I get promoted. <laughs> and Giyu says, no, you idiot. Go to the bottom of the mountain. You're too hurt to fight. What'd you say to me? I'll kick you out. When did he tie me up? Oh, wow. <laughs> this guy is cool. Up between panels. It's great. I love it. <laughs> oh, yes. Jay, we can admire Inosuke being tied up later. We've got to get to the most emotionally poignant fight in this manga so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Because Tanjiro... Uh, oh, we have an important moment of Inosuke mentioning that you beat that Kisuke. And Yu says, that wasn't one of the Kisuke. You should have been able to tell that. I'm just repeating what Gumpachiro told me. Because <laughs> he doesn't pronounce he Tanjiro's name right, ever. He, he keeps getting Tanjiro's name wrong, which is... Purposefully. Funny. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's purposefully. I literally <laughs> think he does not listen. <laughs> I, I, it's a coin toss as far as I'm concerned. I don't know which... <laughs> Yeah, that guy. So uh, Tanjiro uh, pulls off the same technique he learned against Arrow Boy to land with a, a sword technique and absorb the blow, sticking the landing after getting uh, baseball batted out. And hearing a scream of pain, he goes and runs to a clearing where he sees that same boy from earlier, the one who told mom to perform. Otherwise, I tell dad uh, brutalizing yet another spider demon girl. She's screaming in pain, apologizing for her mistake, begging him to stop. Well, if you don't want me to hurt you, stop being bad at your role. Yeah, obviously. Oh, boy, I don't like Rui. <laughs> Ooh, you're, good. I, you're not supposed to. I really hate Rui. <laughs> yeah, yes, he is a wonderfully written antagonist. And that <laughs> he is eminently hateable. So Tanjiro, ultimate good boy incapable of making a sneak attack, runs out and says, stop hurting that girl. Aren't you like friends or something? What? We're not <laughs> friends. We're siblings. That's even dare worse. <laughs> How dare you? The manga even points out that Tanjiro is incapable of sneak attacks. Like there's a little annotation. So Tanjiro steps out like, all right, I'll 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 fight you, you little monster. Uh, or more poignantly, another member of the Mook Corps steps out and it's like, oh, nice kid demons. I'll kill them easy and uh, rank up a little bit. And then I'll get paid more. Yeah. And then he gets turned into chunks. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting Walter from Helsing flashbacks with this uh, particular antagonist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Rui goes to chunk Tanjiro with more threads. Tanjiro's like, oh, I'll just cut them easy on my sword gut cut yeah no that moment uh it, it is just as oh no in the manga as it is in the anime it's the part that makes you think well this is exceptionally bad uh-oh rui goes for another attack that tanjiro was not able to dodge but who should appear but our sweet best girl nezuko she took the blow pops out of the box and uh 
takes the blow for Tanjiro. Mm-hmm. Wait. What the perfect perception of what a sister should do. Take all the responsibility for her younger brother. An actual sibling bond of love? And Rui is completely entranced by this. And he's like, okay, kid, I will forgive all of the insults you've hurled at me if you give me your sister. No! Yes, because obviously if you insert sister, she will be sister to me. Yes. You know. She's clearly a good sister. I want her to be my sister. <laughs> like, that's how that works. <laughs> for one, I would never do that. For two, Nesuko would never agree to that. And for and for three, I meant everything I said, and I mean it more now. I'm like, I'm not... I can't lie. I'm just like, Tadro does not tell a lie. Mm-hmm. Yep. He might soften just... it, but he will not tell you something that's not true. Well, guess I gotta kill you and take your sister to be my own. Yep, so he strings up Nesuko in a tree and says she can come down from the razor wire when she learns her place. Now I'm gonna kill you, all right? Such a charmer. And um, things aren't looking good for Tanjiro. He's, uh, he's in quite dire straits. His sword is cut to a bare fraction of its previous length. He can't even get close to the guy who is insanely strong. And oh, he's the Kizuki. Great. The little boy's the Kizuki. Don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, Makes sense, uh, though. When, when the Kizuki have to be motivated to constantly maintain and or increase their strength. And children have the propensity to, you know, fall into a want. A want, a never ending want, because quite honestly, they are not necessarily aware of their own limitations and or are just still trying to um, find something that they have not yet discovered. Like they're they're just not sure of themselves or what their end goal is. So because they have not formulated that, it, it is just never ending. So my hypothesis is that Kisuki had tend to be rather young individuals merely on the fact that they have not quite solidified their goals and or what they intend to achieve. They're mm-hmm. just black holes. And that allows Muzan to more easily manipulate them. Mm-hmm. We have a truly desperate battle as Rui's like, all right, I'm going to use my big technique on you because you're not because uh, I, I want to just absolutely destroy you. And Tanjiro Knowing he's about to die, suddenly goes, uh, freeze frame. I bet you're wondering how I got here. (laughs) He is in the middle of using the 10th form of water breathing, constant flux, a move that says, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. And with each spin, his he's cutting through more and more of the threads and gaining more power. And that's when we. Uh, Rui uses the big move. He's like, okay, I can't cut this. Um, He's not built up enough momentum yet. Whoever said the threads were numbered from one to ten. His uh, life flashes before his eyes and he remembers a scene. His father, who actually just does look like bigger, older Tanjiro, uh, family resemblance and all that. Right down to the same scar on the forehead, actually. But that's that's another matter. Uh, His dad was old and decrepit and couldn't move very well. Yet every year, he managed to perform the Hinokami Kagura dance, a uh, ritualistic prayer to the fire god for protection, because he knew a special breathing technique that would let him move without exhaustion. Hmm, makes you think. (laughs) (laughs) And Tanjiro remembers the steps of that dance 
and switches from water breathing to the Hinokami Kagura, cutting through the threads with the technique of his father, burning through all of Rui's most powerful attacks. He gets right in on the Kizuki, bro uh, broken blade going for the boy's neck, but Tanjiro will die in the process, being caught up in yet more threads. But he's not the only one remembering the love of their parents. Nezuko receives a, a vision of her dead mother, begging her to awaken and save her brother. Nezuko has a blood demon art. Her blood mm -hmm. spreads onto the strings and ignites in an exploding flame that doesn't burn her beloved brother other and causes his sword to erupt in flames slicing through Rui's neck i love this one that is an accurate description of what had happened yes mm -hmm. yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this is another one where the way that tanjiro seems to be manipulating the flames is like obviously it wouldn't work that way but i read it is that um it's like the air currents of his sword swinging is the reason why it moves the way it does like, again, that's sort of a Charles Atlas superpowers sort of thing where it wouldn't work in real life, but it's not like, strictly speaking, superhuman in universe. We have a quick interlude where Shinobu appears and saves uh, Zenitsu's life. She also saves uh, Murata's life by killing the younger sister or the older sister demon. Uh Shinobu is too physically weak to lop off heads, but she is such a good chemist. She developed a poison that kills demons. Got a great back and forth with the older sister, too, where the older yeah. sister was like, I was forced to do this. I, I, I didn't mean to kill all those people. They're like, how many people did you kill? Five? You killed at least 50. 50? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I saw all those cocoons on the other side of the mountain. I I think it's possibly just the disconnect because she doesn't associate with the fact that, you know, wrapping them up to eat later is killing them. So it might be like, I can remember five people I've slaughtered like directly, whereas oh, other that's that's giving her a lot of benefit of the doubt. I, yeah, I 100 percent thought she was weaseling out of it just because like based on her facial expression, it's like I can literally say like you legitimately compartmentalize or forgot that yeah i totally killed you know dozens of people not just the people that you might have like directly slaughtered and not saved to eat later because she looked legitimately confused and confounded Re regardless shinobu's just like well okay i'll forgive you if you let me cut open your organs and pull them out bit by bit to fully make you feel the pain of every life you've taken and then we can be friends and she's like I don't want to do that. Well, guess I'm killing you. What? And then she's dead. <laughs> Basically, we're in the situation of um, whether or not the uh, the older sister was like innocent or how, not. How genuine her um, apology was, regardless of that. It's made pretty clear that I'm not sure Shinobu is better. <laughs> well, like the thing we get with demons time and time again is no matter what you say, no matter like how sorry you are for what you've done, if you are a demon who is capable of human speech, you've eaten at least one person. Like, yeah, you've, you've killed one person at the very least. It's spooky because honestly, I'm more scared of Shinobu than the demon. Me too, but I, I like Shinobu. <laughs> anyway, we get uh, we get revealed that uh, Ryui um, didn't die from the great uh, brother-sisto combo uh, because he uh, cut his own head off before the blade could do it. 
and he's going to get his revenge on Tanjiro. He is going to murder the heck out of this boy and then Gyu to the rescue again. Gyu's just saving everyone today. <laughs> when you think about it, and I hadn't like realized this when I first watched the anime, but when you think about it, Gyu is kind of an adopted older brother to Tanjiro and Nezuko in a way. Kind of. He does completely forget who Tanjiro is and does not realize it's him through an entire conversation with him. But <laughs> no, yes, he does. Yeah, he does. He does not r realize who Tanjiro is the entire time he talks to him after this until Tanjiro passes I out. And he's like, oh, wait, I remember this guy. I didn't get that at all. He, he totally does say that. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, what's your opinion? Does uh, Gyu remember who Tanjiro is? I don't know. Um, I don't remember. I'm going to be honest. I don't entirely remember that entire exchange, but it seems like he at least has some recognition or some spark because all I have to say is kid who has sister who is demon. And he's like, oh, right, that guy. Yeah, yeah it, he, it takes him a bit to realize yeah. that. <laughs> he figures it out afterward. Anyway, uh, so Gyu um, does his signature technique, the water breathing form that he alone created. Dead calm. So calm the ocean is when there's no wind that it looks like a mirror and all techniques just dissipate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Idyllic state for, like, I would guess, all the Hashira. Because, I mean, if you could have master a technique that literally nullifies every, you know, offensive technique, it'd be like, great. Oh, I don't need to train anymore. I guess if we're Charles Atlas superpowering this, what he's doing is he moves his hands and arms so quickly it looks like he's not moving to deflect all of the techniques at him. Yeah. But yeah. everyone is reacting to this as if things are just exploding in air and it is inherently superhuman. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. He He's on another, he's one of the Hashira. He's on another level compared to everybody else. Yeah, basically Fair. everyone, every Hashira is like a savant of their own special technique. It, it doesn't have to make sense. They have just mastered it to such an extent that it is just superhuman. Just trying to piece it to dissect it is just doesn't make any sense. And to prove how superhuman he is, he does take out Ryu in one slice, apparently. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I love this. It is uh, it is like from Rui's point of view, he's like, uh, uh, something must have gone wrong. I'll just hit him again with another even bigger attack. And it is a POV shot of Giyu standing there. And then the next panel, same position of Rui's hands, and it's Giyu's shoulder. And then the next page is uh, Rui's head falling off. It is so clean. It's one of my favorite shots in the anime, and I'm glad that the manga was just as... It was. It proved just as much of how potent uh, Giyu is. And we uh, we get your uh, standard at this point with Demon Slayer is when a demon is dying, you get their backstory. Yep. Um, where it is revealed that he was a sickly child who uh, never really felt like he would do much. And he was constantly like um, a burden on his parents when uh, demon Michael Jackson came into his room. And no, oh my uh, gave him some blood. He became a demon. And then his parents were just like, hey, hey, kid, stop murdering. Stop. Stop murdering. Stop eating people to live. Well, I guess we're going to have to kill you. <laughs> parents don't kill their children. Like, uh, so his parents do go to try to to try to kill him because he's become this horrible monster. Well, it's specifically his father tries to kill him from like his recollection as a demon. Um, he was furious. He was just as furious with his mother because she didn't do anything to try to uh, protect him. It was the reason why Nezuko jumping to Tanjiro's defense 
had like was so appealing to him is that in his mind you know a parent you know a, a parent should have like you know taken the knife for Ryu has very traditionally gendered views of how a family should behave. You know, being a demon who's eaten people and has a lot of power, he dispatches his parents. And in his rage, in his demonic inhumanity, he forgets that his dad said, uh, I will join you in death soon enough, meaning that his father was willing to commit uh, ritual suicide uh, to share the burden of his son's sin. And his mother was apologizing profusely for his weak condition, leading to him taking the demon blood. And she actually killed herself uh, before uh, he had the chance to get to her. Mm. And meanwhile, Tanjiro's smelling all of this flashback happened, I'm going to assume, because... <laughs> Tanjiro smells the flashback. He smells the profound sadness coming off of Rui's body. And he's like, hey, buddy, come in here for a hug. You said <laughs> a warm hand. And we get we get a um, an interesting moment where Rui acknowledges that he is going to hell for all the hideous things he did. And his parents spirit show up being like, we still love you. You're our son. We'll go to hell with you. Mm -hmm. And they are consumed by flames, <laughs> which makes me think that, yes, literally all three of them were sent to hell. Yeah, that's that's what parents do. Uh, I don't, I don't, I think Demon Slayer, you can pretty much be firmly on the state that ghosts exist. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think the thing Nezuko had with her mother was actually her mother's ghost talking to A her. A spirit talking to her. I, as far as we've gotten, you can read it either way. It just happens so frequently, like. There's just a lot of death in the world, so it makes sense that there would be such a presence. That will linger. Spirits, Yes. It becomes a no. bit more explicit in Mugen Train, but we're not there, so we're not talking about We're not about there it. yet, so. I mean, it's just like in times of war or where there's this tremendous amount of death and suffering, I could totally believe that there are spirits that are like lingering and or you, it's just so connected to the spirit realm that these encounters do indeed happen. Well, anyway, uh, Shinobu finds out. Uh <laughs> Well, we have a rather profound moment where uh, Giyu is reprimanding Tanjiro for uh, showing sympathy to the demon. Mm -hmm. And Tanjiro says, I'm not sorry that the demon is dead. It was a monster. It needed to die. It was a danger to other people. But it was once human like me. It felt regret. I empathize with that. And I will share that empathy. In other words, he's not an asshole. Yeah, that was actually the point where Giyu remembered who he was. So it wasn't quite when Tanjiro passed out. Yeah, these are not, you know, I, you can you can both do your job and still feel some remorse or some regret. Mm -hmm. And empathy. Yeah, it, it, very specifically, it's empathy. You know, as much as Giyu doesn't really remember who Tanjiro is at first, that's sort of like protective reflex. You know, like there there's a there's a pretty note like there there's obviously the familial connection between Tanjiro and Nezuko. That's, but also, you know, like the sort of found family aspect of the members of the uh, Demon Slayer Corps who form bonds with one another is also, you know, you can, you know, family doesn't have to be blood. It's mm -hmm. just they have to be, you know, they have to actually care about each other, which is what Ryu was missing in his attempts to forge a family for himself. Shinobu was like, oh, hey, demon, I'm gonna kill it. And Giyu uh, parries her to protect. 
to protect Nezuko, as we all must do. And then Shinobu was like, hey, you can't do that. That's illegal. And Gyu was like, damn, you're right. It is illegal. <laughs> Maybe this is why everybody hates you. What? <laughs> why did you say everyone hates me? Yeah. What a mean, oh, I, thing no, to she, say. Oh, I thought yeah. you knew. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have told you. I thought it was just so obvious. I love, I love how much Gyu is like hurt by that statement too. It's like, Poor why man. would you say that? It's like he's hurt about it, but it's like he's also like so shocked too. Like he's like, people don't like me? Like people, like hate is just such a strong emotion. He probably thought people were like um, completely neutral or ambivalent to him. Just kind of like, eh, whatever. But to hate somebody, to hate somebody is really big. I don't necessarily trust Nezuko's, or not Nezuko. I, I also don't trust Shinobu. Nezuko's opinion because she can't uh, talk. <laughs> I don't trust Shinobu's word on anything. I'm just like, <laughs> they hate me? Like, they actively hate me? <laughs> but uh, Gyu says, I'll hold her off. You take the girl, you take your sister and run. Go, get out of here. And Tanjiro's like, okay, I think my lungs have stopped active rebellion from shifting breathing techniques so rapidly. Yeah, Tanjiro doesn't get far. He uh, collapses pretty much immediately and is like, Nezuko, yeah. run! Uh, and then Nezuko goes, chibi. <laughs> uh, now he collapses as small Shinobu uh, comes to attack them. We should really know her name. She passed the... the uh... I don't know if her name was mentioned. Oh, was it? I, I could have sworn it. he knew he was introduced to her at the thing. I also confuse her and small Shinobu because they both have the butterfly clip. They've got into different places, though. I'm pretty sure they're sisters even, but I think small Shinobu's uh, is introduced in the next arc. Either way, she goes to uh, kill Nezuko and Nezuko's like, no, I have become chibi. You have missed my neck. I flee now. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> And also doesn't make it that far away, though, before she's caught. But conveniently, yeah. the crows shout out, uh, Hey! Hey! We want Tanjiro and the demon Nezuko! In case you need a physical description of them, here's one. <laughs> we need them taken alive! In canon, the crows describe what the characters we're looking at look like, and I'm like, I, I appreciate that, but also... <laughs> I mean, that would probably be necessary. They wouldn't know who Tanjiro and Nezuko are. Yeah, they just saw these like this one kid who's wearing a uniform and, and this random demon girl. And they're just like, oh, but well, yep. this is all right. Regardless, uh, the two of them are obtained and captured. Uh, <laughs> captured yeah, I suppose. As, uh, <laughs> Tanjiro... <laughs> totally consensually. <laughs> Tanjiro wakes up from his uh, probably multiple concussions. I don't know. Uh and he finds he is um, in front of all of the Hashira. Hashira. Yes, and he's treated very poorly because they, like, poke and yell at him and tell him he needs to wake up. How much longer are you going to sleep? I'm like, the dude is not just in a regular nap sleep. You know, he's probably, like, healing. He, he fought a Kizuki. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> didn't win. <laughs> This brings us to the end of our reading. And for our wrap-up discussion, uh, favorite characters and favorite fights. Uh, I said it once, I'll say a thousand times, Tanjiro is best boy. Uh, he is such a breath of fresh air as a shonen protagonist. Um, really represents uh, how you can have a shonen, with a, a shonen series with a lot of darkness, with a lot of grit, with a lot of fridge horror and yet still have a protagonist who is believably 
warm and bright and a sign of hope in humanity. And that's what I love about him. And of course, the Rui fight is the coolest thing. Episode 19. Go watch it. Yeah, Matt here. Um, We finally got to my boy Zenitsu. He is the best character in this manga. Everyone else is bad compared to him. And (laughs) the fight with him and the spider demon is the best fight in all of what we read. Hands down. (laughs) That one is a close second for me. Uh, Jay. Sure. So favorite character, if it wasn't already obvious, Inosuke. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite fight though would have to be, um, I like the fight between Rui and Tandro just because I feel like there's a lot of exposition on to, um, the depth of Nesco's and Tandro's sibling relationship and the reason why it was just so difficult for Rui to even attempt to replicate it. It was just that that human part of him was just escaping him. Um, so uh, that was my favorite fight. Um, for me, um, <laughs> a part of me wants just so that we have all have different favorite characters to say Nezuko, because I really did like Nezuko <laughs> in this section. Um, and honestly, uh, she's a pretty close second, though. I am going to second Sam's um, Tanjiro as favorite character. Um, he's He's just such a... Like he he's such a he's similar in Deku to a lot a lot of ways where he's such a simple protagonist, but executed so well. You know, it's it's one of those examples of how as long as you are doing it with purpose, cliche is not a bad thing. And he's just such a ray of sunshine. I mean, how can you not like him? Um, favorite fight, honestly. And, you know, the other thing is, like, I pretty much loved all of the characters that um were in this it's like Zenitsu was my least favorite and I still really liked him a lot so it's like the 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 character I was least on board with was you know on the favorite list so that's a really good sign in a lot of ways the same can be said for the fights but the thing that I really liked I really liked the fight against the um the drum just because uh I I was figuring it out at the same rate that Tanjiro was and I, I kind of like it when that happens, when I sort of sync up with the with the character who's in the fight. Um, and, uh, I felt like that was I felt like that was more of a dynamic fight because there was, you know, as as great as all of the like character moments were in the fight between Tanjiro and Ryu. It was a bit more brute force than um, the the fight in the mansion with the with the shifting um, with the shifting stage. I, I felt like that. I I gravitated more to the choreography of that. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas obviously, you know, it's like, boy, you want to dive in a character, definitely um, Tanjiro versus uh, Ryu. But uh, the um, I really liked the uh, the dynamic of that battle in particular. And would you continue reading? Absolutely. Especially because I know we're getting close to the Mugen train arc and I want to experience that again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Same. I've uh, I've already gotten through Mugen train, so I'm not jumping off now. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> We're not jumping off the train yet. Yeah, I'd keep reading. This is this is a great series. Yeah, I have a moral obligation to continue reading because I've already. Well, first I spoiled it by watching the anime, <laughs> and then of course I watch Mugen Train, and obviously I'm enjoying the manga. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'm already oh, too deep, guys. <laughs> Can't get out now. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Over Manga Cast. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of the social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, your uh, Apple Smart TV, everything. 
Pretty sure if you say Alexa, play over manga cast, it'll do something. If it did, that would be freaking amazing. Uh, of course, make sure to drop us a review on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, we're on Red Circle, Spotify, iTunes, all the standard places. And tune in next Thursday, where we continue Revisit Month with the thing that I have wanted to make more people experience. It's the same feeling that Matt had with Chainsaw Man. I'm sure we're going back into Kill Six Billion Demons with Book Two, The Wielder of Names. Delightful. Good. I, I'm so excited. Allison's going to do things. <laughs> it's going to be great. She couldn't do less, so. <laughs> Good night, I, everybody. I know, I know to read the liturgy this time. <laughs> yep. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Night.